It's time for us to strike a chord (laughs) (laughs) and talk worship ministry during this Christmas season. Oh, man. I'm sorry, John. You had to read that? Yeah, that's right. We'll try to hold back from any wrong notes here, but don't. Uh, We don't want to break anyone's speakers. But we all know worship ministry is important in our churches, and we can't conclude the year without spending time talking about this topic with our friend, Jonathan McKenzie, music minister at First Baptist Laurel. A lot is happening at First Baptist Laurel, which we will get to in just a second. But first, let's talk about a few events around the Kona. Yeah, so Lottie Moon season is here. If you haven't already gotten your Lottie Moon promotional materials, you need to do that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you need uh, printed materials that are available, you can uh, contact Tammy Anderson at tandersonnbcb.org. But obviously, you could also go to IMB's website. Yep, Get yep. The digital resources there. They have a lot of digital resources. Yeah. IMB.org. Uh, coming up around the corner of the new year, January 6th through 7th, is our Discern event that takes place at Garway Camp and Conference Center in Clinton. This event is geared for students age 10 through 12th grade and also college age, uh, thinking about answering the call to ministry. That's led by Ken Hall, our student ministries director. Yeah, and also in January, January 29th, through the 30th is the Evangelism Conference. This year will be held at Brandon Baptist Church. The host pastor, of course, Clarence Cooper. Uh, Guest speakers include Kevin Ham of First Baptist Church, Gardendale, Alabama, Steve Gaines, Bellevue in Memphis, Herb Revis, North Mm -hmm. Jacksonville Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, Don Wilton, First Baptist Church, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Jamie Dew from New Orleans, and Shane Pruitt also from North American Mission Board. That's a, yep. load, that's a loaded group there. And Jamie Dew, along with the other seminary presidents, I, they, they scattered the airwaves at our state conventions. Yeah, yeah, I think they've sure. hit about every state yeah, convention. Yeah, but you know this is an exhausting time for them yeah. on the road. Those are some good names. Well, yep. lots of good things coming up around the corner, but let's talk about today. Worship ministry. It is Christmas season. We're at the end of November here, and we have Jonathan McKenzie on the line remotely. You are in Laurel. We are in Jackson. I love technology, how we can do this. <laughs> Jonathan, how are you doing today, brother? Yeah, I'm doing great. Great to be with you guys today. Yeah, yeah. So um, my background is a little bit of music. John, you you do the pastoral thing. You're the wise yeah, uh, preacher I, I, boy, right? Yeah, I'm not music. <laughs> so my not parents uh, have been in the worship ministry for a long time. I have a heart for it. And uh, we realized that we we need to talk about worship ministry, right, Jonathan? So let's get Absolutely. the worship guys out there. And so uh, as we set up this conversation... You just got off a very busy weekend. Uh, Brother Randy Turner uh, has concluded his 30 years at First Baptist Laurel, and you just led uh, that worship service for his final service. I assume that's that that was the final service for him, right? So ha- That was it, yeah. Ha- just in general, how would you go about planning a service like that? Well, uh, you know, first of all, when you think about great men of faith among Mississippi Baptists, you know, Randy Turner is one of those men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has served faithfully at First Baptist Church for— uh, 30 years. And, and he said, he, he explained this year as a year of milestones. He was mm. saved 60 years ago, surrendered to the ministry 50 years ago, and has mm. been at First Baptist 30 years. Wow! And uh, so uh, leading up to, to this, um, this time, you know, we wanted it to be a, a special time uh, just to, to celebrate what God has done through his ministry. So upon yeah. discuss, discussing it with him, we wanted to make sure that it was Christ-centered and focused, thanking God, uh, for the pastor and for the people of First Baptist Church of Laurel and for that firm foundation built on Jesus over the last 30 years under his guidance. 
and uh, ran across across this Ezra three eleven, and they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord for He is good and His steadfast love endures forever toward mm-hmm. Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And so uh, Randy wanted he wanted just a service of praise and thanksgiving. And so the whole service basically was music. He said, give me eight minutes. That's all I want. <laughs> eight minutes. Wow. And, and uh, together he and I uh, went through uh, some of the, the songs that we've done uh, over the last 10 years that have really spoken to, to him personally and to our congregation. And uh, we were able to, to put that together um, in a special way. I thought, uh, mm-hmm. that, that glorified God first and foremost and, and celebrated you know, our pastor and our people of First Baptist Laurel. Well, and that shows y'all's relationship right there, and that's great to see how that came out and fleshed out in that day. It's not every day the leaders across our state that are listening to this. It's not every day you have to plan a service for someone who's served for 30 years yeah, senior pastor role. And let me just insert this real quick. So I did a little research with our business office. During his time of 30 years, this is not what I thought I'd bring to the table, but I just rem- remember <laughs> just this. Just make sure you're right with your information. F- five point <laughs> s- First Baptist Laurel, under his leadership, has given $5.6 million to the cooperative program. Wow. Did yeah. you know that, John? Yeah, yeah I did not. Yeah, that, is, that, that has always been a huge priority for, for him personally and for our church uh, to support our cooperative program. Yeah. So Tanner was sharing with me uh, pictures from the slideshow that they showed uh, for your pastor. And it, it seems like uh, Fine Bomb made the made the cut. Uh, is that right? Was there a picture of him? <laughs> the SEC I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, he, is he an Alabama fan, just by any chance? He is actually. He is. See, an there Alabama you go. Fan. That's so, the connection. Uh, okay, there. that must Paul be Fine Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, show, it shows us that a lot of people know Brother Randy Turner. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he, he had a picture with George W. too. Oh, watch it. I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't see yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Fun oh, yeah, stuff. So. Well, you know, you it had it these... really was. It was a wonderful celebration. We had a wonderful reception uh, following yeah. uh, on Sunday afternoon. It was a great day. Yeah, and he's going to be greatly, greatly missed. But mm-hmm. we are excited about what the Lord has in store for us at First Baptist Laurel. Yeah. Sure, sure. You, ha- you know, you have those you have those Sundays uh, along the year that are those special occasions we would call. But uh, but man, for the worship pastor, um, you know, it's a it's like a pastor. Every Monday, yeah. you realize, hey, Sunday's coming, kind of deal, right? So uh, right. you're always having to to plan for the next week. And um, tell us a little bit about that. How how are you doing? your weekly worship planning what what thoughts going into it um what relationship even do you have maybe with the pastor moving into that how far out do you plan all of those good things about weekly worship planning well you know planning worship is not anything uh, to take lightly and specifically when you're talking about uh, music and the worship is it's not something that you just pull out of the air and, uh, you know, uh, people gather on Sunday mornings, you know, they're coming from uh, busy work weeks or, or weekends where that maybe they've uh, been involved in football games, talking about football or other mm-hmm. sports activities. And, you know, oftentimes when Sunday rolls around, you know, people are already looking ahead to their schedule for the week. And uh, let's face it, you know, Sundays, it just seems like it, <laughs> at least at our house, a lot of times the devil attacks on Sunday morning mm-hmm. trying to, you know, <laughs> cause disruptions and mm-hmm. keep you from making it uh, to, to church. And, and so 
you know, first and foremost, you know, worship services must consist of a, a gathering of God's people, turning their eyes and, and getting focused on G- Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the mm-hmm. first thing that I kind of think about in, in planning our worship services. We got to get all of our attention and all of our focus, focus in on Jesus and in uh, um, praising him. And so from there, from there, we we move from that point and work up to our, our pastor sermon. So it's important that each and every week and looking ahead that, that I have a good relationship with my pastor and that we're on the same page and that, that we're all uh, working towards that, that same goal each and every every Sunday. So, um, you know, sometimes there, there are a lot of things that I'm able to plan ahead of time. Um, but then there are some things that are very dependent upon what direction he's going with the message, mm-hmm. uh, because our, our, our focus is always, of course, first and foremost, Jesus. But then whatever uh, those important scripture passages that he's going to be focusing attention on, we want to point to that in yeah. some way. So, you know, like I said, uh, there are general things uh, calls to worship and, and great um, congregational songs that, that I can prepare ahead of time. But then there's more specific things. You know, just have to wait till till I get that word from our pastor and, and what direction that he's going. I think I just heard you say you you like it when pastors plan ahead. Is that what you? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> You've had the blessing of that long tenure relationship with your pastor now, and that that's been a huge blessing for you. So how how far out can you plan in some of these? And maybe maybe you do you, do you just kind of pinpoint a couple songs you want to do down the line and you look forward to those things and adjust if you need Absolutely. to. Absolutely. You know, you know, we're blessed with, uh, with right now some, some great music that's coming out with some new publishers, uh, around the country. And, and we have these reading sessions that we can come together and, and preview this new music. So there are a lot of things in, in my hat that, that I have that, Oh yeah, I'd like our choir to do this. Uh, I'd like to pull this out for congregational, uh, worship and and we kind of can work on those things ahead of time and then when it's time when it's the right time to pull those songs out they're ready to go uh, so yeah. that's you know um, I can plan several weeks out on on some of those things but then like I said you know pastor may throw me a curveball and say hey yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'll go this direction this week yeah. and so uh, but of course I'm always willing to to punt and 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 go whatever ever direction I need to to go and you know it, it's uh you got to spend a lot of time in prayer. You know, um, I think um, when you're planning the music portion of worship that, uh, you know, you do have to think about uh, the flow of things uh, because I think if, if it's, if it doesn't flow well, um, it distracts from what the focus should be, which is Christ. You yeah. want, you want Christ that, that focus. And if there's a lot of distractions, it takes away from that. So you've got to, you've got to think about all those things. You've got to think about the key signatures, the keys of the songs. And is it singable? Is it, uh, you know, is, is it attainable for our congregation to sing along? Cause ultimately what I want as a worship pa- pastor is I want to see our people engaged mm-hmm. in worship. That's right. And uh, so, um, you know, whatever we have to do to make that happen, we, we want to do that. Yeah, so this is not one of the questions we sent you, but you said something that made me think about this. I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning about how um, the worship pastor, uh, he, he's not preaching, but the worship pastor is a teacher of theology. Mm-hmm. So because the mm-hmm. words that we sing, um, they carry a theology in, in them. Some of them are bad theology and others are good theology, right? Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about how you're talking about those listening sessions that you go to, um, how you kind of navigate those waters, you hear a new song, 
right? And uh, w- mm-hmm. what do you do with that new song? You said singability, key, and all that stuff, which is really important. What about that theological side of things? Absolutely. I mean, that's got to be, you know, I, f- I feel like there's there's three things that you have to have. Um, it's got it's got to be theologically sound. Mm-hmm. But that's the first and, and foremost thing. It's got to be theolo- theologically sound in anything that's, that I think uh, may be iffy or honestly, if there's anything that I have to explain to people because it may mm-hmm. be confusing, I just stay away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not clear, uh, it, you know, there, there's some there's some great songs out there that if you're if you don't study the lyrics, you don't really know what they're talking about and what mm-hmm. where they're coming from. And uh, it can be taken in a different way. So I, I try to steer away from those things. So theologically sound, it's got to be singable for the congregation. And then I think it has to be aesthetically beautiful. It's got to be yeah. a, a, just a nice song, you know. Yeah. Um, so those are the three things that, that we look for. And I think uh, our publishers, our main main publishers that, that at least I use, I think they do a good job of, of um, presenting choral music for our choirs and, and in turn for our congregations um, that have that have been that they've done a, a good job of, of staying on track with songs that are that are theologically sound here lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, now there are there are always those popular songs that you hear it on the radio and there's an arrangement mm-hmm. out the next day, and uh, you've got to be careful sometimes of those kind of things. But uh, for the most part, uh, theologically speaking, uh, most of what I have seen has 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 been been good for yeah. our our choirs. Yeah, and you know, I appreciate I appreciate this new um, modern hymn movement. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. in music, but it seems to me that we're writing more modern hymns. Yeah. We're, we're kind of going backwards, you know. We're we're writing hymns yeah. again that are singable, and uh, you know, I I wish I could tell you a couple of names of them, but I can't. But I know we sing modern hymns now, and it seems like there's a new uh, maybe a, a refreshment of that coming back. Maybe I don't know what the right words, but but you know that seems yeah. to be coming back around. Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen a shift even in the choir. You know, when I was growing up, your your choir, uh, they got up on Sunday morning and uh, they sang their little special music. And, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the purpose of the choir. And I've seen that shift, the choir role shift to more of a um, of a leadership, you know, leading the congregation in worship. Yeah. And uh, for for us at First Baptist, I mean, our choir is still uh, still you know, will do a, a choir feature, so to speak. Um, but the primary job is to lead our congregation to worship. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's where you've, you've also seen this, these new modern hymns that have come up that, uh, that are full of, of theology and, mm-hmm. and solid doctrine and uh, that, are, that our choir is able to lead our congregations to sing with them. Because, that's yeah. again, that's what we want. We want, our, we want our corporate worship to be true corporate worship, and we want our people that are sitting in the congregation not to be spectators, sure. but to, to, to be participants of worship. Yeah. Yeah, and what you just said there, spectators, makes me think about, um, I want to hear your thoughts on this, I don't want to lose time on this, but as we transition to a thought about Christmas, Christmas season's here, I mean, I know you music guys playing Christmas starting Labor Day weekend, I think, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so oh, you've been yeah. at that for a couple months already, but, um, you know, back back in the day, programs were huge, and it was one of those things at Christmas time that mo- a lot of churches were going into that world of a spectator Christmas program type sit- mm-hmm. setup as a, of a service. Yeah. And I know, I know, um, you know, things change over the years, and I've seen that shift a little bit. What uh, kind of break into that? I know you're very intentional, and I appreciate that about you. You're not just doing things just because everybody else does certain things. Mm-hmm. So, how are you 
What are you doing in Christmas season to make it more participatory and not spectator? Buy a ticket to the show <laughs> and just watch. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you know, uh, for us, um, even though we do we do a big Christmas production, yep. and um, our, our Christmas productions are on our, we do ours on a Saturday night and a Sunday night, and we still do our normal uh, worship service on Sunday Sunday morning. Um, you know, I think the whole you know, when you think about Christmas and you, you think about, uh, you know, even even the the angels, when they presented themselves to the shepherds and uh, singing glory to God in the highest and on, on peace, uh, on, you know, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I, I just think, you know, there's something about music and Christmas. There's something about music yeah. and celebrating the birth of the Savior. And I think, um, you know, our, our big Christmas programs, I think that's that's why they're effective, whether whether it's. You know, in those a lot of cases, you're talking about a spectator, um, you know, when you're telling the, the, the biblical story of, of Christ's birth, um, you know, sometimes what you're wanting to do is almost create an atmosphere where the people are not just watching it, but they feel like they're involved in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you can do that with the technology. You know, you're a media guy. You're a tech guy. <laughs> technology out there is, is incredible these days. And so, you know, for us, we try to create an atmosphere um, that that they're not just uh, sitting in an audience watching, but they feel like they're actually there. They're mm-hmm. a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, yep. and it just brings that, you know, that to life for them. And uh, we want to make it as real as possible for, for that person that's in the congregation. Yeah. I'm glad you said it that way because to define my question even more so is came out in your answer. You know, it's it's the use of well, it's it's how you present the music in these programs and the use of technology that can make it so much more intimate and engaging. Mm-hmm. So yes. I, what I appreciate about First Baptist Laurel is that y'all are passionate on stage when you worship. Uh, you use technology to. Inclu- make the audience feel included, wrapped around the environment you set uh, through environmental projection, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, right. Yeah. To, to, to jump over that, like, well, not an elephant in the room, but just this unknown aspect of how you include people in worship, it's the intimacy. That's a challenge right. to bring people in the, in, in the fold and say, join me in this, in this opportunity to worship our Savior, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And so, it, you know, for, and it, for the dummy here, what what is environmental projection? <laughs> I have no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> it's it's basically transforming your venue into a scene through projection. So we all know what a projector is. <laughs> we do. I do know that. Thanks. Not an overhead screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good question, John, because I know a lot of our folks in the state may just have, you know, 50, 50 p- folks in attendance and, and not the budget to maybe pull off three projectors, right. usually environmental right. projection. You, you tie in three. Well, I've seen more than that. But you can cast, like, just pick out a whole camp. Your, make your wall like a canvas, basically. I got you. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can put, like, the manger scene across the whole worship center. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah, John, I'm with Jonathan, you. yeah. you've done this well. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and... Uh, even with our, our uh, nativity scenes that we do, uh, we have the environmental projection and we have characters in the aisles and we have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mary and Joseph coming in, uh, you know, uh, and on, on a donkey and, and mm-hmm. you know, animals and sheep. And you know, it's just uh, it really, I think, uh, just takes that person that's sitting into the audience to that moment makes yeah. in their mind and in their heart. And, uh, you know, it makes it makes for a very special night. 
But, you know, I think even without all of that, I think it's it's just a matter of um, I mean, it's a matter of the heart and, con- and making that connection with with your congregation, whether you have the environmental projection, which is great, uh, you know, for for churches that have that kind of budget. Uh, but I still think you can create that intimate at- atmosphere even without that. And yeah. it's just a matter of of the heart and connecting and speaking from the heart and singing from the heart and and that focus on Jesus. Um, you, I think you can still make that intimate connection, and and you never want it to come across as a stage show. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do y'all do Christmas Eve? So it's your it's we your do. Christmas. Okay. And then, of course, you have your Sundays, and and Sunday Sunday is Christmas this it year. Is. <laughs> so it sure is. It's yes. a busy weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Christmas be. Eve is more. Is it a candlelight service for y'all? Do y'all carols, carols, candlelight, and communion. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and it's always a special night, and, and not just you know we have so many families that come in for Christmas, and it's it's a wonderful uh, special night for us, and we have wonderful music and wonderful message, and then we always close out in the candlelight singing of a. Of, um, silent night and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just a, a beautiful time together and uh, of course partake of the lord's supper and then uh, this sunday the very next morning we'll be right back in in worship and uh, mm-hmm. for us you know it's going to be a, a laid-back service for us we're inviting our kids to come in their pajamas and hey, and uh, it's just going to be a it's going to be a great morning uh, to, to celebrate the birthday of the king yeah, Come in yeah. your pajamas. Yeah, right. Right. Not adults. No adults. <laughs> <laughs> there any adults in the pajamas. Just the kids. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So shifting gears one more time as we try to just wrap up here in a moment. Um, you know, as a, as a worship pastor, um, you have the opportunity to minister to directly to um, instrumentalists, uh, the choir, the praise team, whatever it is that you happen to have. Um, how do you intentionally... As you're as you're teaching songs, as you're as you're helping them become worship leaders, how do you, how are you intentionally forming community within your worship team and your choir? Well, I think every time we come together, there there's got to there's got to be a purpose. Yes, we're we're working on on music, mm-hmm. um, but we're also uh, we're doing life together. I mean, we have those opportunities within our. our um, rehearsal times, whether it be with the band or whether it be with the choir, that that we share things together, we share concerns, yeah. we share prayer requests, you know, we share life together, um, and we build those relationships. And I, I think that's what it, you know is so important that we build those relationships, and it's n- never just uh, about the music because that's yeah. not what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Uh, in addition to you know when, when we're working on that music, um, it's important to tie it back to God's word. That, you know, this is mm-hmm. we're singing this and this is why we're singing this, because in God's word, it says this. Yeah. And, you know, that way our, our choir can make that connection to what we're singing uh, to God's word and then um, and then lead our congregation. Mm-hmm. And I you know, always tell I always tell uh, my choir, you know, our, that you know, for us to lead in congregation or, or for us to lead our congregation in worship. We have to experience worship ourselves. It has yeah, got to come from yeah, us first. Yeah. It can't be, you know, that's not not something you can fake. It's right, got to be real. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, but just doing life together. I mean, mm-hmm. my, our choir. You know, we often refer to it as my choir family, yeah, or yeah. you know, and it, because that's what it is. And yeah. it, it's a it's a communication, not just when we have rehearsal, but outside of rehearsal as well. We have mm-hmm. we make time to fellowship together come together as a choir just just to spend time together 
Um, you know, we communicate. I think communication is so key. It, 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 you know, we whether it be text or emails or you know other forms of communication, we we stay in constant communication. If there's a, a concern, a prayer request, you know, people are are free to to share that with the choir. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, it really is a, a, a very large, small group yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, among sure. our choir, and, and it is what yep. it is. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a nice thing to be a part of. And how, how does that benefit you at seasons like this? When in Christmas time, you're living that life together throughout the year. And I imagine that really, that you see the folks want to come together in December, right? For special oh, yeah. weekends. And, oh, yeah. and you see and, that really come to fruition at those times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's amazing uh, that, you know, everybody looks forward to Christmas. It's a lot of work. I mean, putting on a big production like we do, it's it's a lot of extra work, additional work on top of the every Sunday uh, that we already do. And uh, I mean, these are volunteers, so they have a heart for service. That's what's so amazing about the choir. Um, You know, as I look through our our choir members, I, I see deacons, I see uh, Sunday school teachers. I see our Awana leaders. I see our youth leaders. Uh, you know, all of our, our people that are in our choir, those are a lot of the people. If you took all of the people that served in another area out, we wouldn't have much of a choir left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those, uh, you know, those are people that are in choir. They have a heart to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so when we have Christmas rolls around, they're excited to, to jump in and they know it's going to be work and they know it's going to be extra, uh, but they're excited to do something for the Lord. Yeah, worship arts people just like to hang out. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. You know, in high school, Wes, you know, everybody was in the band hall or in the choir room. That's where all the music kids hung yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And y'all have a good environment there. I've, I've, I've just seen that. That's a testimony of what you're yeah. doing at the church, and, and even the time that I've been able to be a part of your ministry, it's been great. So. Well, I appreciate your time together, brother. I, I've enjoyed talking about worship, John. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, <laughs> it has. I learned something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you learned you can wear your pajamas to Christmas Eve service. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he learned about environmental projection. Environmental yeah. projection. That's I right. Did. I did. That's right. <laughs> Peel the hatchy boy now. That's right. I yeah. <laughs> the show accounting. I'll the hatchy mm-hmm. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining Good us. Good you guys. Yeah, glad to hear what's going on there at First Baptist Laurel and appreciate your ministry uh, down in Jones County. I appreciate it so much. Appreciate all you guys do. Yes, sir. Thank you. And I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast this time around. We hope each episode helps equip you in the local church context as you are leading your congregations in the direction, especially during this Christmas season when it comes to worship. Thank you so much. We hope to hear from you. If you can, subscribe to this podcast. We love that. Hit a review. Uh, We love to see good reviews out there. We've really, really been blessed by how conversations of ministry in Mississippi, what God's doing in our state, has come to the table through this podcast. Thank you so much for listening.